The following sermon was delivered by Rev. Laurel Gray at the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. I'm going to begin with these words from the Reverend Dr. Sophia Betancourt, who is our new UUA president, um, acknowledging what's happening in the Middle East right now. Beloveds, I invite you to stop what you are doing if you can and sit with me in the depth of this tragedy of continued violence between Israel and Hamas. How to reconcile the cost of occupation and of war. How to nuance two very real histories of oppression and violence. I am holding close the words of UN Middle East Peace Envoy Tor Wensland, who said, this is a dangerous precipice and I appeal to all to pull back from the brink. We as a people of faith can condemn violence against the civilians while at the same time engaging the full legacies and histories of oppression that shape such devastating conflict. As a faith tradition, Unitarian Universalists have long worked for peace, and our principles and values call for the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. At the same time, we have not engaged the tangled issues surrounding Israel, Palestine, and community since 2018, and our last engagement resulted in severed relationships and deep pain. So I pray for the people of Israel and Palestine. I pray for leaders around the globe who must respond to this latest flare of violence and the untenable ethical considerations that abound. I pray for Muslim and Jewish UUs who experience the impact of this long strife acutely. I pray that those of us less likely to know the trauma of unending brutality and harm will not turn away from generational loss, from the devastating realities and their root causes, or from the relentless tragedy of war and occupation. Be gentle with yourselves when you need to be, but do not turn away unless you must. We are one global family, living tenuously on the same human-impacted earth. Let us center ourselves in justice as we call for peace. Amen and blessed be. The service today is honoring Indigenous Peoples Today and so People's Day today. And so our reading this morning comes from Mike Adams, who is a little a Lilwat Indian and a member of the Unitarian Church of Los Alamos. For the generations who survived being hunted, who endured the theft and destruction of our people's lands, and who persevered through the theft of and indoctrination of our children, we are grateful that you survived and for the resilience you have passed on to us. Because you did these things, we are still here. For the activists who stood against corruption and who forced a spotlight onto our people's mistreatment, we are grateful for your commitment. Because of it, we are still here. For the people who never consented to the sacrifices that were forced from you, we remember you, we, re- we mourn your suffering and loss, We honor you as best we can. We do this because we are still here. 
For the future generations, we ask that you remember. We look to you to keep our people's future alive after we've gone. We ask you to find strength in your ancestors and use the resilience of your people to create your future and that of your children. We ask you to ensure that when we are gone through you, we are still here. Again, our service today is in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day, um, and my sermon is going to include excerpts from the writing of my colleague and friend, the Reverend Rachel Hayes, who serves in Amherst, um, who wrote about the history of residential schools in our own tradition. So I want to acknowledge that um, the bulk of this research is coming from Reverend Hayes. Our theme this month is heritage, and we're talking a lot about what it means to be a Unitarian Universalist. Last Sunday, we went through the basics of who the Unitarians were, who the Universalists were, and how we came to be one blended tradition. And when we tell the story of who we are, it's easy to skip over the complexities and sometimes the outright cruelty. Tomorrow, of course, is Indigenous Peoples Day, a day when we remember that this land was not discovered, for it was already someone's home. A day when we remember that Indigenous people are not a historical artifact, but a living, breathing people who are still deeply affected by all the ways this country has tried to suppress them and eliminate them. There has, thankfully, been a lot more public awareness in the last few years about the reality of residential schools explicitly created to strip Native youth of their culture and turn them into white men. The mandate of those, quote, schools was to kill the Indian to save the man. My colleague, the Reverend Rachel Hayes, wrote this about these residential schools. The survivors of the system described the physical and psychological abuse they experienced there. Children were tortured for speaking their own language or observing their cultural and religious practices. Roseanne Archibald says this about this system, quote, I don't like to call them schools. They were institutions of assimilation and genocide. And our survivors said that for the longest time, they were told stories of the deaths and murders that happened in these schools. Hayes continues, it is estimated that up to 20 children died in them. In the schools inspected by Indian Affairs Chief Medical Officer Peter Bryce in 1907, 25% of children forced into the schools died. In one school, 69% of the children died. They suffered malnutrition, inadequate shelter, medical experimentation, and tuberculosis in addition to other violence. When they were ill, they were removed without parental knowledge to segregated Indian hospitals, which were underfunded and also had abysmal survival rates. Only a fraction of the graves have been recovered, she writes. It was not until the last few years that I had any idea that our Unitarian ancestors had participated in the horrific cruelty of these schools. But we did, and the silence of religious institutions around their own violent histories is its own act of cruelty. So just as we learn the fun parts of our history, so must we own the reality of harm done and do what we can to live in contrast to violence. 
This country is, after all, not one entirely made of immigrants, and our ancestors participated in the genocide of those native people. Again, Reverend Hayes writes this. The Unitarians made three missionary attempts to run boarding schools. In 1855, admission to the Chippewa Ojibwa failed due to lack of funding. The mission to the Utes near White River, Colorado failed, quote, due to lack of encouragement, whatever that means. According to the Unitarian historian, Reverend George Willis Cook. And the third, the Bond Mission School was on the Crow Reservation in Montana. The Reverend Henry Bond and his wife, Mrs. Bond, set up this mission to convert these children into proper, productive, civilized, assimilated members of this world. The records I found, she writes, in this limited search all come from people who seem to believe that this was a worthwhile project, but we still have records stating that parents wanted to visit their children, but Bond would not permit it. Bond describes his inmates thus. They are all bright, promising boys. How such good-appearing fellows come of an ignorant, lazy, squalid, orphaned race is a constant surprise to us. I shall dread the time, if that comes, when they slip back into their old abodes and possibly leave. Bond and his wife ran the mission from 1886 to 1895, when it was taken over by the federal government. I took a class on religion and ecology in grad school, and we had a guest speaker come in named Tia Kassin Ghost Horse. He shared his own experience of growing up as a native person in this country where his culture was treated as a threat. And I was shocked to learn when he shared that before the Freedom of Religion Act was signed into law in 1978, they weren't allowed to speak their own language. They weren't even allowed to walk in groups of more than three because then it was a riot. It is a particular trick of white supremacy to see people gathering and speaking their own language and call that an act of violence. It also points to the power of cultural practice precisely because it works to preserve the identity of persecuted people. This is why indigenous languages are so important, why indigenous practices practices and crafts are so important. And it's why we're using this month's Share the Plate to be, both raise funds for and spread awareness about the work of the Okoto Cultural Center. The violence of residential schools was specifically targeted at breaking cultural practices and family ties, at stripping indigenous children of all marks of their identity. And so it is a powerful thing to resource the restoration of exactly those things that were taken away. To not only uncover the reality of extraordinary harm that our own ancestors committed, but also to direct our own resources towards indigenous communities' efforts to restore their cultural heritage and to spread it to those families who were cut from their own culture. We are called to act with love and justice. We are called to live in contrast to the violence of our own ancestors. 
And so we'll end with this prayer by the Reverend Jude Geiger. Teach us to remember our history. Spirit of life, God of many names, source of hope, we come together at the end of another week, some worn down by struggles of health, of home, or work. May we be a community that makes space for the sharing of joys and sorrows, angers and hopes with grace and forbearance. In our nation's life, we pause this holiday weekend to remember the Native American lives lost from European colonization on what is now our soil. Teach us to remember our history. Though we cannot make amends for what has come before, may we learn from those ways never to repeat them in our lives today. May we develop new ways of relating to neighbor and stranger without violence or coercion, deceit or greed. Mother of Grace, help us to find a sense of humility where we have privilege and strength where we face oppression. In our struggles, may we learn compassion and in our power, may we learn temperance. As a community of faith, may we be a safe harbor in a world that is often harsh toward difference. Challenge us to use our presence as a healing force for justice and equity knowing that although we have come far in the civil rights struggles of our times, there are many people still left behind. And the work of building the beloved community is just as pressing as ever. Amen and blessed be. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW, or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.